the air is cool and crisp. I open my eyes, waking to the smell of garlic, rosemary, thyme, onions, pork, hominy, New Mexico red chili, all marinating in this amazing concoction of comfort, dependability, love, family. It's Christmas morning, every Christmas morning. And my dad has been cooking overnight New Mexico pozole. And I know that I'm going to eat this and I'm going to feel like I've just been wrapped up in the warmest hug and that this food that was prepared at the hands of my father has been prepared with love. I'm Annalise Lucero. This is the good, the bad, the family. Hello. Hi, Dad. Hi, Annalise. How's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? Good. Good. I appreciate you doing this with me. You are very welcome. Um, well, I just thought we could dive in and kind of, I'm, I'm really curious what your thoughts are on, you know, talking about food and food is love and what cooking is for people and all that stuff. Yeah. I would love to. So I, I have to tell you, um, as I think about the topic food is love, or as I thought about the topic food is love, you know, I kind of characterized, I categorized um, my thoughts on how we express love. I wanted to start there, you know, because even though I'm not, a, I'm not a psychologist, I just play one on TV. <laughs> but uh, but I, but I think we express love and uh, and want to feel loved in in a few different ways. And so I was kind of listing them, and and they're not like. In, in, in any order, but they're kind of pretty decent, I think. So for, and these are mostly for me, this is like, we, like my family, uh, quality time. Number one was quality time with family and friends. And then, and then time for yourself, which I never take, but, but those, that, that's important. So these are just kind of ways we express love. Second was acts of service to family, to our community, to God, you know, to, to church, uh, then the, the third one was affirmation, and that was like using positive words, uh, or or one of the things that I don't do very well is receive compliments, mm. but, but that's all love. And then uh, and then I had another one was uh, giving and receiving gifts. You know, those are all about love. And then physical touch, touching somebody or being touched. But I have to tell you, as I thought about the topic you wanted to talk about. I thought, dang, food is probably could be one of the most important ones because it encompasses all of those. Yeah, it really can. And it, it does. It encompasses your five senses too. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really true. And I like the way you're putting it in in these sort of almost subcategories. But when you cook, when you eat a meal together, when you experience this like nurturing moment, physically and emotionally, it really, it takes all those subcategories of, of love and nurturing and puts it into this one moment together. I, I agree. I, I think about just like when you guys, when you guys were born, my four children, or when our nine grandchildren were born, 
that the experiences that you that you have that, that your kids have it's they're intertwined with with being held being touched like you know hearing hearing your voice how the kids react to your voice and and then and then the touch of the baby skin and then all of a sudden you throw in food uh, breastfeeding bottle feeding picking up the baby and holding them while you're feeding you know watching Lily recently just you know eating picking up things with her hands that touch there and eating everything and then then I went and had ice cream with Tila yesterday and watching her use a spoon to eat everything and touching her ice cream cone mm-hmm. I mean holding food in your hand I mean that's food is love <laughs> <laughs> definitely well and I like I like the idea of of using the five senses to experience love and how you know you described the the breast milk or the bottle feeding and holding your baby. And from those very first moments of life, we're really using our five senses to, to look into our mother's eyes or our dad's eyes, if they're holding us and to be, you know, eating and feeling the skin and smelling our, our mom and dad. And, you know, as a little infant baby, that whole experience is how we know we're loved. And, you know, you say you're not a psychologist, but what you're really touching on is that nurturing moment in development that really helps kids to develop in a healthy way. And we experience it through food sometimes. I think that's really a cool idea. Well, I agree. That association is, is um, that association of food and love is, it's pretty powerful. I mean, and it goes beyond, it goes, it goes in so many different areas. I, I think like dating, like I remember when me and mom, started dating and like I had no money. I didn't even have a job. I was in college and, and we'd go, we'd share fries and a Coke at McDonald's and spend hours talking, you know, uh, or my mom making biscuitos or enchiladas or mole or whatever the heck she was making the smells and the, and that you got from that. And then I look at you guys and like, I think about, I think about all the food that you guys prepared for your children as they've gotten older and older and, and, and spending time with them, baking with them and letting them knead dough or mix stuff. And like, that's all done with love, you know? And, um, and it's, it's kind of a cool message. You know, if you care about someone, you share food with them, you make it, you serve it, you eat it, you do all of that. And that, and that's pretty cool. Well, and I think too, it's this like outward expression of love. Like you're saying, if you love people, you share food with them. And I think it it's for every kind of area of life. You know, when we're celebrating, we're eating together, holidays, um, you know, just even hanging out in good times, we're eating together. But also when we grieve, you know, when, when someone loses a loved one or has, you know, a hard time, what are people doing? They're bringing them plates of food. They're, they're helping to nurture and nourish their bodies as this outward expression of like, Hey, I love you. I'm going to nourish you physically, but also have that emotional part of like, I'm going to take care of you and connect with you. And I think that that's what makes, you know, food such an important part of culture and important part of life. And, you know, our relationship with food can be really complicated, but I think ultimately it is an outward expression of love for ourselves and love for others. I agree. I agree. That was a great example too, by the way. I didn't think about food 
in, in, when we grieve, like at a wake or a funeral or whatever. I, I it just was one of those things, and that's like a super important time to share food, or even like making food for a new neighbor or making food for somebody who's sick. Those are all pretty cool things. The other thing that I was thinking about in that along the same line, because we don't think about it as love, but we should, or maybe we do, is like when you guys would get together and make packages for homeless people with hand warmers and water bottles and snacks and just things that were meaningful, you know, not throwing five bucks at them, giving them something that they could use that actually would be helpful. But like, God, that is just done with love, you know? Um, yeah. Well, and it's to me, it's kind of cool to even think back, like if we're not making the food or even if we are in the ingredients, like whose hands did it touch before it got here? And, you know, when I hear the kids pray before eating and they say the blessing and it's like, bless, bless the hands that made this food. And it's like, and it, how many hands did it come across? How many people did it encounter? Cause you've got, it's like, even flour, it's the farmer to the people who harvest the crop to who, who make the flour and package it and send it out. And then the store people who, who put it on the shelf and the interactions that I've had, every thing carries some part of that energy before it actually gets to the table and you're eating it. And so in a way, it's almost like food connects everybody to each other. That's really deep no <laughs> but that, that is, no that that really is that is true and that is true that is so true you know you know cooking cooking to laborious process it's not easy it takes time you have to have skill you got to plan you got to have money to go buy stuff you have to have the time to do it but the, the thing is you gotta have the energy to do it and i see so many people simply say oh we'll just order some food in for these you know for them but man, when you put in the effort, cooking is a, an incredible way of showing love. I mean, how many, uh, you guys are better at this than me, but how many, how many hearts have you healed or, or souls have you helped just by cooking food for them? I'm sure a lot. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things. Like, I got to tell you, I, I am not, I'm not great at giving advice. I think sometimes I, I listen to people and then I want to fix it. So that's, not necessarily what they need, but one thing I can do is I can make food. And so that's kind of my superpower, you know, a big F on my, no, I better not put a big F on my shirt, but. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not as a principle, <laughs> bad idea. Yeah, food is a, is a superpower, is my superpower. So tell me more about like when you're making food for people, because I know you have a lot of people that you make food for. Well, okay, so. Um, <laughs> that, that was another thing that I was, you know, thinking about, I guess, um, I guess there's a lot of ways to think about that. Like, like I love, I love not necessarily coming up with new recipes, but maybe putting a spin on an old recipe and doing that for people. I love, um, I love like ho planning holiday parties, holiday food or party food. I love food gifts, like whatever cookies i'm like i don't make cakes but you know christmas time cookies are always like an amazing gift to give and and then the other thing too is i love breaking bread with anybody and i love breaking bread at work because i can't do anything for my employees 
I can't give them a raise. I can't give them time off. I can't do anything, but I can give them food. And I, and I love making it at work. I love smelling up the building with pozole or green chili stew, or, or I've tried a few vegan meals, you know, cause of you and with my workers that are vegan, I never used to care about it, but now I love them. <laughs> and, and, and that, and that is just so cool. And like, I have so many childhood memories tied to the smell of, of cookies or pies or, or, you know, whatever, biscuits, biscuitos, making tortillas and feeling the warmth of the tortilla. And, and like my mom didn't use a recipe, you know, she followed it as, as from her memory, she had it in front of her, but she just kind of did a pinch there, a pinch there, pinch here, a pinch there, you know, but all the fun stuff we had, but man, breaking bread is, is the best. And I'm going to add a second piece to that. So sorry if I'm taking up all your time, but eating someone else's leftovers, that was like something <laughs> I wrote down. And let me tell you, I, I love, if I can, can I tell the Nate story? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so my son-in-law, Nate, he works like literally half a mile or less from our home. And, and so he would come over for lunch. Maybe it was just to get away from work. Maybe it was just to relax, to watch TV, whatever. It didn't matter. Sometimes we'd be lucky enough to be here. Mom was here a lot, but Nate would just open up the refrigerator and they eat leftovers. And it was so cool. Because I thought I was the only one who ever ate leftovers. Mom won't eat them. And then, and then it just became something even better. Like I love Nate. So then I started thinking, okay, cool. I'm gonna leave Nate some freaking awesome leftovers. And we would go out and eat and just make sure we had leftovers for Nate to have. And it was like our way. It was our way of showing him love. And um, I think he took it. I think he took it that way too. It was like he always appreciated good leftovers. You know, and that's, and that's just another one of those simple ways that you can, that you can use, uh, food to care. Oh, definitely. And I know that he, he received the love that you guys were giving. And that's one of the things that he said he misses most is being able to go over there and really know that you had been thinking of him. And when he saw the leftovers in the fridge, it was like, he felt like you were leaving these notes of like, Hey man, we love you. Enjoy this kind of thing. Even though it was not a note, it was just the food, but he took it that way. Exactly. Exactly. That's and That's how he's meant. You know, I, I love sharing food. It's just, you know, I think about sharing fries with mom when we were dating. I think about sharing food and, you know, we used to always have like, at, at house, at the home, appetizers for parties. Mostly it was chili con queso and just randomly weird things. Now, now you know, everybody's stepped up their game and there's charcuterie boards filled with cheeses and crackers and olives yeah. and jams. And it's ridiculous how amazing it is. But it is amazing how cool it is that people sit around those boards and talk and share food and tell each other try this or try that or oh that was so good and then just talk about life and we're raising our our children our grandchildren to be the same way and they're going to learn to bond and show love before meals during meals after meals and i love that food is so important i don't love that food is so fattening and i have to like watch what i eat but it's cool (laughs) Yeah. That's like a whole other topic of like, how do you show yourself love by the food you eat? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah, that's good. 
that's a scary topic. Yeah, that's that's for like another day, I think. Because for me, there's been a struggle with food, especially like having stomach issues and and needing to eat more of a plant based diet. But even in that, it's like, wow, when I put the effort towards something or my family, I mean, you talk about charcuterie boards and meat and cheeses. Well, those things don't, they don't sit well with me. And to show up to your house or my sister's house and see like a tray with vegetables and fruit and hummus and things that I can actually consume, I feel loved. I feel seen. I feel like, wow, these people really see who I am and the struggle I have and they're helping me. And it's a very like loving experience and a bonding experience. And it was something as simple as just including some food I could eat. And so, you know, in those, in those little things that people do for each other, like the cooking the meals at work and putting the vegetables on the charcuterie board or whatever, you're telling people, I care about you. And I want you to enjoy this meal, but I also want you to feel safe. And for me, that's what food is a lot of the time because a lot of people don't have food in the world. And so when someone provides food for you or you can provide food for somebody else, to me, that's you're making a safe relationship and a safe environment. And I think that's really special. And you kind of touched on that a little bit with those, the blessing bags that we like to do as a family. And it's like, I can't give you money and I can't necessarily like take you in and take care of you, but I can give you this bag that will nurture you and help you to feel seen and help you to feel safe. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's, it's, yeah, that's just such a, there's so many things you just covered that's like hard to even <laughs> talk about anyone in particular. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think when people grasp, the importance of food and actually acknowledge that it's, that it is love and important. I think that it can then change a little bit of, of how they approach uh, meal preparation. Maybe that's maybe that's not the right thing, but, but like like I think about you know you know you're you're inviting people over, you're preparing food, you're cooking food, you're going to serve the meal. You have people over that you care about. Sometimes you have people over that you don't care about, but you treat them all the same. And you show them love by, by serving them and creating uh, really good dishes, homemade dishes. And, and I think, uh, I think that those, those, those opportunities, they create lasting memories and, and they're just reminders, fond reminders of, of how you can turn a simple recipe or a complicated recipe into a family tradition. And then you start to, to delve into like, you know, God, Annalise makes the best, whatever, or, or Becky makes the best, whatever, or Annalise, or, I mean, or Debbie or, or uh, mom or Nico or whoever, me, you know, we make something good that people like. And, and then you look forward to having that when you go see them. And, and I don't know, there's just something so special about all of that. I, I think about, and it's not just that it's the camaraderie that arises going back to the bags for the homeless people. You guys do that and you're talking and laughing and you're having a good time doing something together that is so meaningful. Wow, that's that's powerful. Yeah, my favorite part about that is when the kids, they, they see someone in need and they're the ones that are like, hey, like, let's stop, let's give them that. 
And I think they're seeing this world outside of themselves and they're still really little. So, you know, you got, you got to make sure that you're helping them to see the world at a, a way that's appropriate for their age. But I think this is a really good way of introducing it. And then as the kids get older, they're going to notice people and need more and they're going to have the skills and the tools to help them. And that's really, for me, like the biggest thing about those blessing bags is that we're not helpless in this situation. We have tools and, and ways to help people who are in great need. And, and that's really special. And we can do that through food for sure. Because I remember when Nate and I lived in Washington state and, um, before kids, we didn't have any kids yet, but we would volunteer at a soup kitchen in, um, Tacoma, Washington. And I just really remember how powerful that was. Um, and then we also volunteered at the Fisher house on base, which is where families stay, um, when they have, you know, like a child or a family member in the hospital and the Fisher house puts them up and we would go with our youth group and we would cook meals for people at the Fisher house. And it's like, wow, I, now that I have kids and now that I've been in other situations where I struggle, you know, as a 22 year old, I, I didn't know the impact I was having, but now that I've had struggles and someone's helped me, I'm like, dang, I'm so glad I could help somebody. Cause I really think cooking a meal for somebody. And even it wasn't like the fanciest meal. I'm sure it was like spaghetti and meatballs with garlic bread or something, but like they didn't have to worry about that one thing that night when they were struggling. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's really special. And I think there it says that there's something dependable about food. Yeah. Good point. And, you know, I like, I like how you say, you know, with, within our family, we have, you know, each person has their little meal that they cook. Like for you, it's pasoli. For mom, it's, oh, mom has so many meals that she's cooked for us over these years. But I think for me, like I always remember spaghetti and meatballs with like the meat sauce, you know, the, that's right. like the birthday dish. And that's the thing that the she would always cook. Yeah. yeah. And for Becky lately, it's been those salmon bowls. And I feel like when she makes the salmon bowls, I'm just in heaven, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, I think everybody has that thing they like to cook or that thing they like to bring to parties. And when you see them walk in with it, it feels like, yeah, everything's okay. Like everything's right in the world because this is how it's supposed to be. And, and it's dependable. You can depend on that meal to be delicious, that food to be really good. And for you to feel close to that person. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with that statement. Um, Man, that's you're you're evoking so many emotions in me right now as I think about all the things that we do as a family around food, and and yet it feels right. Like I know I know that people will talk about food, the nutritional value of food. You should concentrate on that, and and you know you should only eat what you need to eat, and and I don't think like that. I think about how I can share food experiences with people, and and how how meaningful that is. I mean, you know, even a simple cup of coffee. I shared a cup of coffee with my mom. I think probably six straight years, every morning at five in the morning, I shared coffee before I went to work with her. And, and it was powerful because it was 20 minutes of time that you, you have that is perfect. 
And Annalise, how many times have, have me and you had a cup of coffee and chatted? Or, or even with all of the kids. Hell, I had coffee with Nick this morning and chatted. You know, over a cup of, guess what, pozole that I made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, just don't put me, narrow me down into that path of only pozole. I make a few other things okay. No, I know you but, do. But, I know you but, do. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it is, it is so cool. You know, I think about like, like Debbie made that pork for us, you know, when, when she was just here. And then I took her leftover pork and used it in my pozole. Yeah. And it's like, you know, using, using food over and over again, you know, and, uh, and I love stuff like that. You know, one of the things that, that we didn't, that we haven't touched on, I don't know how, how, how where you're at with this, but I think about, um, like all the different cultures, all the, all the people, you know, that come from different backgrounds or different cultures, different languages and how that food gets shared, you know? The bagels and, and Polish food at Christmas, uh, random, you know, and 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 there's so many elements there. And I think about just you know traditional traditional food versus like Mexican food, tamales and and, and enchiladas versus turkey and mashed potatoes, you know, things like that. Uh, culture is so important too. Well, I remember when Nate and I lived in Florida. We really, that's when we really adopted the pumpkin waffles and turkey for breakfast on Thanksgiving. And when we moved back to New Mexico and we were able to share that with you guys, I feel like it was just one of those things that like, yeah, we fell in love with this tradition and we're sharing it with you guys as like a way of showing a piece of us. And then now I think everyone's going to kind of adopt it because it's like, yeah, that's not something I think we'd normally have in New Mexico. But in, in Florida, in the South, it was much more um, available and served in restaurants. And so like chicken waffles, but we made it right. like pumpkin waffles and turkey. And so, yeah, I think we pick up things from people, from places that we love. And then when we make that kind of food for people or share a meal of that nature with people, we're sharing a piece of ourselves, which is really cool. I agree. I am going to say one thing about your about that what you just said though that's vital for old people like me. Okay. <laughs> okay. The last few times we've done pumpkin waffles in Turkey, in a, like a picking turkey, uh, I've eaten too much, and there was nowhere because I couldn't just walk home. There was nowhere for me to go to take a nap. <laughs> you, guys to, you guys have to fix that problem. Oh, I'll I'll make sure we save the reclining chair for you. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Well, hey, before you have to go, I want to ask you what's like the best memory you have, the the one that comes to mind first when we talk about sharing a meal with people we love. Oh my god. Why would you ask a question like that? I like to um, put you on the spot. I know, thanks for nothing. It's, I you know, I ne- it never it never occurred to me to hone down or to narrow down like the one greatest meal. Um, man, I don't know. I, I am really struggling with that. Cause so many come to mind, you know, meals together at a family reunion or, you, you know, I, I am going to narrow it down to not a specific time, but a specific event. And that is the few times that I have been able to be with my four children, with my wife and my four children and all my grandchildren at the same time 
that meal is always meaningful and I think about it a lot until the next time that I, then I forget the, the last time and remember the next time. Um, we just had, we just had that moment recently and it was, it was so nice just to be together with everybody and hear kids laughing. And, and, and so sorry that I didn't, I couldn't hone it down to like a specific meal because each one is different with each family. Um, I mean, you brought up the damn chicken, the, tur- the pumpkin waffles and turkey. And I, and I think about that, like early in the morning, it wasn't that early, but it was early and, and sitting there just laughing and enjoying that company before we were about to eat in a few hours, a monstrous meal. Yeah. And that was so much more fun because it was loose and lively and everybody was joking and hugging each other and you know, just having fun. Then the meal got serious when you had to start preparing everything. And a lot of that fun went away. So things like that are meaningful to me. Making, making tamales, making tamales on the counter with my mom and my sister when I was younger. And I was a damn good tamale roller. That, that was really important. Uh, making biscuitos with you guys. What on virtually, oh my God, what an experience to do that virtually that was so that was so cool to take a covid moment and and turn it into a memorable moment that will that i will remember forever it was so cool to see everybody doing their thing and everybody does their thing differently you you do cookies different than debbie and becky and mom and but we were all laughing and having a good old time that was amazing Well, and I think you're really highlighting the biggest point of all of this, Dad, which is that it's not so much about the food you're eating, but it's about the way it makes you feel. And that's really the most important part. Yeah. Food makes me feel good. Food with my family makes me feel really good. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks for doing this, Dad. I love talking to you and I appreciate you and... I can't wait to come back home again soon, hopefully, and have a meal you cook. Uh, you know what? Just for that, I'm going to plan something really awesome. And, and and if God is good, which I know he is, we won't be cooking it in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so, idea. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I love you. I love you too, Dad. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of our second season. Thanks for coming, and I hope you come back for more. If you want to hear more, please subscribe. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MFT. If you'd like to share a story about your family, you can email me at contact at MFT. I'm a licensed and trained marriage and family therapist, but this podcast is not a replacement for therapeutic advice. If you need help finding a therapist, visit psychologytoday.com to find a therapist in your area.